Welcome to Real Talk with Bishop Brown. Our hope is that you are blessed and that your relationship with God continues to grow and flourish. The next voice that you'll hear will be that of Bishop Brown. Thank you for listening. Amen. Amen. Since he came into my life, would you uh, stand with me and turn in your Bibles? To the book of Acts. To the book of Acts. Book of Acts chapter 1. And uh, because of the immensity of this assignment, um, I want to read from one single verse, but we're going to investigate several. And that one verse is chapter 8. I'm sorry, verse 8, chapter 1, book of Acts. But you will receive power. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats with your Bibles open. but you will receive power. Lord, breathe on the preacher and the hearer that we all might be changed. Give you the glory in advance for what you're gonna do and even how you're gonna do it because we're asking you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, and all the people said, Amen. Amen. Power. Power. The name of the title, rather, of this series in the book of Acts is simply entitled Power. Power. Uh, power is that entity that everybody is looking for. I don't care who you are, where you're from, where you've been. Uh, all of us are looking for more power uh, or some power. Uh, for power, uh, depending on the context, speaks to uh, the ability to get things done. And the word that we often uh, refer to as we define power from its many uh, Greek uh, uh, lemmas is dunamis. It is the word that uh, we have received or we have, we have gotten our words dynamic or we've gotten the derivatives, uh, one being dynamite. Um, and wherever you find something that is dynamic, something that we might refer to as dynamite, it is that which is uh, explosive, that which makes a difference. Anytime dynamite shows up, wherever it shows up, the scene is always different than it was before the dynamite did what dynamite does. Um, so as we journey through the book of Acts, uh, 
it is the first book after the Gospels. The Gospels, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, were written essentially to speak of all that Jesus began to do and teach. Uh, the Gospels were these, were these eyewitness accounts of the life and works of Jesus the Christ. That's what the Gospels essentially are in a nutshell. They are biographies of Jesus Christ. They are um, the foundation, if you will, of the New Testament lifestyle. And, and each author of the Gospels shared from their own perspective as well as their intended purpose, uh, they shared information about Jesus that served the audience that they were writing to. And uh, I really, I wish I had the time to, to deal with the, 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 the emphases, the different emphases of the Gospels. I don't have time to do that today, uh, but suffice it to say, uh, uh, they are not contradictory works. They are complementary works. If, if, if four people, any four people in this room saw an event happen, uh, there would be four different perspectives of that event. Four people, can watch, who, four, four people who watched the Laker game last night uh, would take away four different perspectives. I certainly have mine. Because when you have four different people, you've got four different mindsets, four different backgrounds, four different attitudes, and each one of those informs us as to how we see what we see. So the Gospels spend time and space uh, talking about what Jesus did and who Jesus is and, and how Jesus did what he did, it is foundational uh, for our understanding uh, of who and how God so loved us. He sent us Jesus. If you ever wonder if God loves you, if, you're ever, if you ever wonder if you are loved, simply look at Jesus. Oh, come on, I thought somebody else besides me would get excited right there. If you're ever feeling lonely, left out, locked out, and what have you, uh, all you need do uh, is read the Gospels, uh, and you will discover that God loved you so much that he sent his son uh, to give his life to you, uh, to do a work in you uh, so that he can do deeds through you. I'm talking about Jesus right now. I'm not talking about... And so, one of the gospel writers by the name of Luke went a little further uh, than his gospel so named after him. So much so uh, that, that, that he took on this task of writing an account 
of not only what Jesus has done, but how Jesus has intended to empower us to take over uh, for, from, from the time that Jesus left the planet Earth uh, until the time that Jesus will return, uh, Jesus has left us uh, with an assignment uh, to do what he has done, uh, only to do it bigger. Oh, yeah, Jesus said, greater works than these will you do. And so we have the potential of not only doing what Jesus did, but to do it on an even grander scale. Well, how, how is that supposed to happen? I'm glad you asked. Because of what Jesus said in verse 8 of chapter 1 of the book of Acts, but you shall have Power, again, for those of you keeping score, is the ability to get things done. Well, what are the things that we are to get done? He goes on in verse 8 and says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So notice, as he is speaking to his disciples at the time that he's speaking to them, uh, he's, le he's, he's, he's letting them know about what is going to happen. At the time that he's writing, it had not yet happened. Because he says, uh, you will have power when? Some versions say, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and at this time of our text, that has not yet occurred. We have an advantage that they didn't have. Because we are now living in the era of the Holy Spirit. Mm. We are now living in the life and times of the Spirit of God at work, not just on us, but in us. If you know Jesus, you've got the Spirit of God in you right now. That should have said something to somebody. If you've got Jesus, I, I, that's a conditional if, because I don't know who in the house besides me uh, has Jesus Christ. I'm assuming one of y'all, one or two of you have him. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming a couple of you have invited him to be your savior. I'm just making an assumption. Uh, I'm making an educated guess that three or four folk on the back row uh, know Jesus Christ. I can't tell uh, by any other means. Uh, I can't tell the way you dress. I can't tell the way your hair is cut. I can't tell the way your outfit is matching. Uh, and so the only way I know uh, that you know Jesus is that you show some sign. Oh, my God. I, I grew up in an era where, where we sang a song, if you got good religion, show some sign. Um, this, this power, this power is what will change or what has changed and will continue to change the world. This power that he has promised and provided is power 
that will change the world. It first will change the person who possesses the power. Is there anybody in this house that's been changed? No, for real changed. No, I don't mean just incrementally changed. I mean who you are today doesn't even resemble who you were before you got the power. In this chapter, in this chapter one, there are at least, at least three movements. There are more, but three general movements. Um, and what we've been looking at is the prelude to power. The prelude to power. The, the prelude to power. That, there were some things that, that were happening as described in the first chapter of the book of Acts that, that took place before uh, the, the power uh, made his way uh, into the lives of those first apostles. And, and, and the first thing that we have in this text related to these movements in terms of the prelude is first and foremost, the promise. The, the, the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, did not sneak up on the disciples of Christ. He was promised to them. First of all, in the Gospels, in the book of John, uh, Jesus quotes the Father by saying uh, that, that the promise of the Holy Spirit uh, will be uh, manifest upon you. This was in the Gospel of John. This is, before we got to the book of Acts, it had already been promised uh, and prophesied, if you will. Uh, it had been foretold that the Spirit of God was coming uh, and was going to dwell uh, among or within uh, those who love Jesus Christ. I heard us singing about a miracle worker, a miracle worker just a moment ago, but he's also a promise keeper. Oh, yes, he is. He is a promise keeper. Whatever the word has, has recorded and communicated as it relates to the promises of God, um, the apostle Paul says that all the promises of God are yes and amen. Meaning, uh, he is going to bring all of his promises uh, to fruition. Boy, I tell you what, I'm so glad that our God is not me. Because there have been promises that I have made that I wanted to keep. But, but, but were just beyond my, my capacity. Have you ever made a promise with, with an expectation that down the road you would have the wherewithal to do what you promised to do? But you got down the road and discovered that you had less with which to do stuff than you did when you first made the promise. I fall into that category. I promised. I, I, I promised when my, when my daughter was a little girl. We first moved out here and we were... We were, we were eating after church one Sunday at, um, at a restaurant in the marina area so you could see the boats coming and going. They were parking into their slips and they were moving. Up. And my daughter, who was four years old or so, she, she was looking out that window and she turned around and she said to me and caught me off guard, she, Daddy, uh, would you buy me a boat? 
I couldn't say no. I said, yeah, baby. Dad is going to buy you a boat. That was 17, 18 years ago. And I'm just waiting on the right sale. I'm just waiting on the right, you know, clearance. You understand. It's, I'm, I want her to have the right boat. But it, it has been my full intention and continues to be to buy my baby girl a boat. I'm 60 now. Just about. And I don't want to I don't, I don't want to crush her hopes. Um, we'll see what happens in this love offering today. And see if there, if there is, if there is, you know. But there is one. Yeah, maybe not her, maybe not her earthly father. <laughs> but her heavenly father. <laughs> he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above and he's able to honor all of his promises and so and so this power is promised power notice 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 in 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 verses in verses 1 um, through I suppose five, the Bible says, uh, he, he, uh, Luke is saying, in the first book, I've dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about what? the kingdom of God. This is evidence that this was the same Jesus who they saw crucified because he is now not only um, uh, appearing to them, but he's speaking the same language. There is a consistency between pre-crucifixion Jesus and post-crucifixion Jesus. And so he goes on to say that uh, while staying with them, he ordered them to not not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for what? Come on, is anybody reading the Bible? To wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. The first thing we need to understand is that the Spirit of God is a promised gift. A promised gift. And, and I think one of the things that, that we need to, as we study this book of Acts and, 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 and all, we will need to get an understanding of, of, of what was so important about the Holy Spirit being promised and that promise being fulfilled. Why in the world do we need the Holy Spirit? Perhaps the most critical question, after asking the question and answering, uh, why is Jesus so important, is uh, why is the Holy Spirit so important? By the way, 
let us be caref uh, uh, careful and clear not to refer to the Holy Spirit as an it. We don't, you don't refer to one another as it's, I trust, right? You, we don't call our spouses it's. We don't call our children it's. We don't call our neighbors it's, our parents it's. We refer to them, uh, if we don't know their names, we refer to them as people. And so we must understand that the Holy Spirit uh, is not an it. He is a person. He's a person. Just as you are a person, he is a person. He's a fleshless person, but a person nonetheless. He is an eternal person, but he is a person nonetheless. He is an, a powerful person, but he is a person nonetheless. And it is interesting to me how we often refer to the Spirit of God as a thing. He's not a thing any more than you are a thing. He's a person. And as a person, he has a personality. As a person, he has feelings. He can be grieved. He can be quenched. And he can be obeyed. He's a person. He's a person. He's alive. He's he's. He's within us, and, uh, and he's in us for a reason. And so, and so the promise in this prelude is that the Spirit of God was going to and has, as far as we're concerned, has shown up and indwelled in humanity. But notice, after he moves from reminding them of the promise of the gift, the text says... Well, let me just mention, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Term baptized here has to do, of course, we know it in one application, which means to be immersed, right? Yeah, but it, it also has an, an application uh, uh, as to mean uh, to be identified with. And so, and so whatever else he's saying, he's making a comparison as to John, what John did. John immersed people but, uh, who believed in Jesus, but then uh, people would also be uh, baptized, uh, look, with uh, the Holy Spirit, which means uh, we will be immersed into him or we will be identified with him, identified with him identified with him. He is our identity. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit's job is never to point to himself, but he always points to Jesus Christ. 
That's, that's in fact, in fact, as you listen to different doctrines and different this or that, different people talking about the Holy Spirit, you will discover that, that, that many people talk about the Holy Spirit as the, as the, the end goal or end game. But the reality is, and I believe the Bible will bear me out here, is that the Holy Spirit's job is to point to Jesus Christ. So if you've got an emphasis on the Spirit of God uh, and it stops there, uh, either uh, you don't fully understand uh, his role and purpose uh, or uh, you are only satisfied with, with, with a partial uh, expression of what the Spirit has been sent to do. Don't go to sleep yet. If you did, wake up. <laughs> because I want you to see what happens next. Verse 6 says, so when they had come together, that means the disciples have come together, or the apostles rather, had come together. And, and I make that distinction uh, uh, not because there's, there's a, a difference in personality. Disciples means a follower and a learner. And they never stop being disciples, uh, but, they, but, they, but they move to another level uh, in the book of Acts because now he refers to them as apostles. And an apostle uh, is one uh, who has been sent. So keep that in mind. So, so now they are being uh, empowered uh, uh, based on the promise. And now in verse 6 it says, so when they had come together, they asked him, what him? Jesus. They asked him, uh, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Hmm. They, they want to know, they, they, they want to know some information. And the information that they want to know is, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Well, Israel, of course, is referred to as God's children, Right? They are God's chosen people. Um, they have a special relationship with God. It was through Abraham that, 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 that this nation was birthed. And, and, and God made promises he made a covenant with this people uh, that that he was ultimately going to send the messiah through this people and so they they are in certainly a class all by themselves however the promise that he made to israel uh, was not merely for israel uh, but for the world for all humanity uh, was in God's heart. All humanity was in God's mind. Not merely Jews, uh, but also Gentiles. Not merely uh, the, the, the Semitic people, uh, but the Hamitic and uh, the Japhetic. 
all of us, all people groups, uh, 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 make a joyful noise to the Lord, all ye lands, all the people. I'm so glad to report today uh, that, that, that our Savior, our Messiah, is not just the Jewish people's uh, Messiah. He is all of our Messiah. He is all of our Savior. He is all of our Redeemer. He is all of our Restorer. He is all of our Lord and he is all of our God. Oh, yes, he is. Oh, yes, he is. Don't, don't let anybody punk you into believing uh, that, 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 that you are a, a, an afterthought. It was God's plan from the beginning. It, it was God's purposed plan from the beginning. It was God's promised plan from the beginning that that Jesus Christ would show up and he would he would give his life not just for Jews not just for church folk not just for those who thought that they were righteous not just for those who walked a straight line but for every part of humanity from the highest to the lowest from the utmost to the gutter most uh, even me even me even a wretch like me no wonder uh, uh, the, the the songwriter said amazing grace uh, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me because I could not save myself because sin cannot ever be self-delivered. Sin has to have a savior. Sin has to have a redeemer. Sin has to have a rescuer. And, and that's where the irony comes in because the Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin. Wow that we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus became what I was, so I can become like he is. Uh, if that don't ring your bell, your clapper is broke. He died for me. And so watch this in the text. I'm back in the text. I'm back in the text. He says, the text says, so when they came together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Well, uh, the problem with that question is, number one, uh, they are involving themselves uh, in matters that only belong to God. Yeah, there, there, are some, there are certain realities that are above our pay grade. There are certain, <laughs> look, 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 notice how Jesus responds to them. He says, uh, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. He, he says, in essence, it ain't your business when the kingdom is going to be restored, uh, whether it's going to be restored merely to Israel, uh, or uh, will the kingdom of God be bigger than Israel? See, they were, they, the premise of their question uh, was really ungodly because they were only interested uh, in God as it related to Israel. Anytime you're only interested uh, in your folks, 
Anytime you're only interested in how God benefits your people, your family, your job, your this, your that, uh, you, have, you have a myopic perspective of God. God ain't no Democrat, nor is he a Republican. God is a cosmocrat. He, he holds the whole world in his hands. So let's understand this, that, that their question uh, was too small. So Jesus said, look, don't even, you're going to hurt yourself trying to think on this level. It's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed uh, 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 in his own authority. By the way, that word authority in other passages of Scripture is also translated power. And this word here is exousia. Exousia. It, it, it means authority. It means uh, having uh, the ability uh, to, to give and expect directions to be followed. Let's see here what else we see in this text. It's not for you to know times or the seasons, the kairos or the chronos. That's not your business. That's, that's too big for you. That the Father has fixed by his own authority. Fact about it, uh, Jesus says elsewhere uh, that he doesn't even know everything that the Father has planned. He, he doesn't know uh, 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 various things. And so it, it's no insult to us. It's just some things uh, the Father uh, holds until he actually releases it. But, but, but I want you to stay with me here because he says... It's not your business to know the times or the seasons and all of that. He says, but, what is that word, but? Contrasting conjunction. In other words, uh, it was going in one direction, but he put that but up in there. And when he inserted the but, uh, it changes everything. So, so you don't need to know, you don't need more information. Uh, what you need, according to this text, is inspiration. Watch what he says. He says, but you will receive power. You, my disciples slash apostles, uh, will receive. There's no question about it. Why? Because they are followers and believers uh, in Jesus Christ. You know what's amazing about it? They were not perfect disciples. They didn't have all of their stuff together. They, they, they didn't obey everything uh, that, that, that Jesus had commanded them to do, uh, and yet they are still uh, his followers. That's, that's good news for somebody like me uh, uh, because, because I've got to confess and I've got to testify that, that I have not and do not always fully obey him. I know I'm in here by myself. I, I already know that. I know I'm the only one uh, that, 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 that falls and comes short of the glory of God. I, I know I'm the only one in the house uh, that, that, that goes right when he tells me to go left and goes left when he tells me to go right. I know I'm by myself. I, I understand that. And you just have to reckon with the fact that you being a perfect congregation uh, have an imperfect pastor. You, you got you to gotta re reconcile that within your own self. But I can tell you what I also have. What I also know is that he knew before the foundation of the world that, that when he created Terry Brown, 
Terry Brown would be born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And, 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 and Terry Brown uh, uh, deserved to go to hell, but, but he loved Terry Brown. And so he gave me enough time. He gave me 22 years uh, 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 until uh, somebody shared Jesus Christ with me. Oh, God, I, I, I feel help right here. He, he, he kept me alive uh, long enough uh, for somebody to share Jesus Christ. Maybe somebody shared it before then, uh, but, but, but maybe I... I wasn't ready to hear it. I don't know. All I know is uh, when I was 22, uh, uh, somebody sat me down and shared the good news with me, and I was ready, and I was willing, uh, and I did uh, invite him to be my Savior. And from then until now, guess what? Uh, I have been and continue to be uh, saved. Is there another saved person in this house? Oh, God, because you're looking at me tell my testimony. What's your testimony? What's your story? What's your song? I'm looking for one or two fo folk in the house uh, that can testify uh, that, that, that you once was lost, uh, but now you're found. Uh, that you were once blind, uh, but now you can see. Who is in the house besides me uh, that's got a testimony of salvation? Uh, that you are sinking deep in sin, uh, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, uh, sinking to rise no more, but the master of the sea heard your despairing cry from the waters he lifted you now saved am I I need two or three folk that know that you're sure enough know that you're saved today that you've invited Jesus that you've got the spirit of God within your heart let me see you in the house if you know that you're on team Jesus God Almighty, I know I'm saved. I don't have a wonder about whether or not I'm saved. I have no question about what happens to me when my body dies. Because when my body dies, I don't die. When my body is buried, I won't be in the body. So you ain't got to come to the graveyard to visit me because my soul will be in the bosom of Jesus Christ. And I know that I show enough know. I wish I had somebody here. I know that I show enough know that I ain't been all that I ought to be. But I know one thing. I am a child of the king. I am a son of God. I'm a servant of the most high God. Is there anybody here? Oh, God, he, he, he says it's not your business what times, seasons the Father has set. But what is yours, what is available to you, is that in a few days, the Holy Ghost, that's the way we used to say it when I grew up, he, he didn't become the Holy Spirit uh, I, I didn't learn about the Holy Spirit until later on. But ghost and spirit are the same thing. The Holy Ghost, when he comes upon you, you will have power. Uh, and I told you that power is the ability to get things done. Power is the potentiality 
of, of, of accomplishing things that you couldn't ordinarily do on your own. And he says, uh, when you get this power, there's going to be some evidence because he says, and you will be my witnesses. You, you're going to be my storytellers. You're going to be on the witness stand. You're going to be those that I'm going to use to proclaim the word of God to the uttermost parts of the world. You're going to be my witnesses. You're going to be my martyrs. You're going to sacrifice your own life just to tell somebody looking for me where I can be found. Is there anybody here that knows that you're a witness? Is there anybody here that understands that your purpose for being on earth is to be a witness of Jesus Christ? But the only thing and the only way you can be a witness for him is that you have personally experienced him. When you put a witness on the witness stand, they are only there to talk about what they have seen and what they have heard or what they have experienced. Anybody here ever seen the Lord? Anybody here ever heard the Lord? Anybody here ever experienced the Lord? Well, you've been deputized. You've been called as a witness. Anybody here know that you're a witness? God is depending on you to tell the story. God has empowered you to tell the story, not just your story, but the story of how God so loved the world, the story that God demonstrated his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If you're a witness, stand on your feet. If you're a witness, wave your hand. If you're a witness, let the world know I am a witness for the Lord. I'm not a perfect witness, but I'm a witness. I'm not a got it all together witness, but I'm a witness and God's going to use me to tell some dying person, to tell somebody that there is good news, there is good news. The bad news is you're on your way to hell. The good news is your way has been paid. Thank God Almighty that our way has been paid. Anybody here excited that God has made a way for you in spite of where you've been, in spite of what you've done, in spite of who you did it with. God already knew every sin that you would ever commit and he still loved you. Somebody here ought to praise him now. Somebody here ought to give him glory now. You're looking at a sinner saved by 
had, wish I had, wish I had one or two folk that know that you showed up know that the only reason that you're on Team Jesus is because of his amazing grace, his tender mercy. Anybody glad about grace? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I need the redeemed of the Lord to say so. Anybody here is redeemed? Then let the folk over there know that you've been redeemed. Anybody over here been redeemed? Then let the folk over there know that you've been redeemed. Now, see how easy it is in the house of the Lord to be a witness. Now, the challenge is to leave this place to go out there into the world and tell somebody, I know a man. Come see a man. I've got a savior. I've got a redeemer. That's our job. We're witnesses. If you know Jesus, you're a witness. Because in our dispensation, we don't have to wait on the Spirit of God. We don't have to wait on the Holy Ghost. The moment you put your trust in Jesus is the moment that the Spirit of God indwells your heart, indwells your life, empowers your ability to do what you couldn't do without him. That's why with the Spirit's help, you can talk to strangers about Jesus. And I know we'll say stuff like, yeah, but you know, I'm, I'm afraid of rejection. Or I just don't know what to say. That's why you got the Holy Spirit. He eliminates all the excuses. But you have to obey him. He's not going to fight against you to do what you've been assigned to do. He's going to do what he's assigned to do. He's going to give you the, the words to talk to somebody about Jesus. You've got to love him enough to obey him when he prompts you to talk to somebody. He's going to prompt you to talk to your family members. I know that's challenging. Because all you need from them is be talking about, oh, so you go to church now, so you holy. Yeah, you in church now, so, so you know everything. So, so you better than us. No, bro, I ain't better than you. But I am saved. How about you? Well, I, 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 well, well, I go to church. Yeah, that's good. It's not good enough. I'm a nice guy. That's great. It's not good enough. 
Well, what does it take then? It takes a relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, I know about Jesus. Okay. But have you accepted him as your Savior? Have you actively, knowingly, and willingly, intentionally invited him to be your Savior? Well, I don't even know how to do all that. Well, I can, I can lead you in a word of prayer right now. And you can invite him through this prayer. Are you willing to do that, brother? Yes. And you lead them. Lord Jesus, I need you. You ask him to repeat after you. You repeat after me just like you demonstrate. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my life. And I receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving every one of my sins. And giving me eternal life. Take control of my life. And you make me the kind of person that you want me to be. In Jesus' name, according to the word of God, I am now saved. Amen. Wow. Come on, can we give God a hand of praise? Our God and our Father, we thank you for the word that you have shared, for the worship that we trust you have been pleased with, for the fellowship of being among our brothers and sisters. As we prepare now to leave this place, we pray for traveling grace, angels of mercy, home protection. And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, fellowship of your wonderful Holy Spirit be with each of us now and forevermore. Let the people of God shout out loud, amen, amen. and praise God. Go in grace, go in peace is our prayer. Make sure you shake hands, fist bump at least seven people, including the pastor and family right now. Thank you for listening to Real Talk with Bishop Brown. We hope that you were blessed. If you would like to accept Christ, join our church, help continue the work we are doing in our ministries, watch live on Sundays, find us on social media, or give online, you can visit the link in the episode description. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.